Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Started up, that is your Friday, that is your final weekend of July. In the final couple B and E shows. Which today about. will be my final show. Today is? Yeah, today is my final show, my final blitz. This is it for you. This is it, yes. Okay, well. Should be fun. It should be fun. Let's make it a good one. Uh, you know, Ian, when you were talking about the the, the hardcore rock and roll stuff. No, Motley Crue, I never really, I wish I would have gotten more into Motley Crue because by, you know, as you said, that was during your your early stage. My early stage was more of Johnny and Edgar Winter, Jethro Tull, Led Zeppelin, uh, of course, Deep Purple, Cream. So you were, yeah, because you were, when I think of Motley Crue, I think I'm 14, 15 years old. Yeah, yeah, that's I'm me. Buying, I'm buying like rock and roll magazines at the food center. That I'm, would be me. And I was the one, the kid that was like taking out the pictures on and put like stapling them up on my wall. Oh, yeah. I had For, this whole collage of my favorite bands and uh, in addition to the sports posters and whatnot. Ian Anderson and Jethro Tull I thought were unbelievable. Well, that makes sense because you, you were 15 in 1970. Yep. I was 15 in... 1985, 86, 87 in that wheelhouse. So that's that's really. I was intrigued by guitar play, and I thought Jimmy, for me, Jimi Hendrix was, there was nothing better than Jimi Hendrix and Edgar Winter and Johnny Winter playing the guitar. The true whiteies, the real whiteies out there, they could play now. They could go. Edgar Winter was fantastic. <laughs> the true whiteies. They could uh, really go. Somebody said Motley Crue should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I agree with that, by the way. I think, you know, as uh, they were a rock and roll band, a rock and roll band, I mean, they were. Causing trouble and yeah, and Jimmy Hendrix was hard too. That was that was hard. That was see that predates me. But my, my brother was a huge Jimi Hendrix fan, and then my brother actually, who was a, in a rock and roll band and played guitar, taught himself to play the guitar. He um, he introduced me to Stevie Ray Vaughan because he was a huge Stevie Ray Vaughan in the eighties before I'd ever heard of the guy. And then of course he you know, dies in the helicopter crash tragically. And I didn't know much about that until I came to the state of Texas as mm-hmm. a grown up. I'm so happy for my mother being showing me good music as a kid because I grew up on you know, like. Jimi Hendrix, Stevie Ray Vaughan, like you said, Janis Joplin, all that, all that good mm-hmm. stuff. It's, it's a little all different that crazy than my stuff. little, my siblings. They all they listen to is all that electronic music, and they don't even know who Jimi Hendrix is. I don't think. See, way to thank, thank you, mom. Uh, Jenny. All right, uh, Jenny. We've had Jenny on the show. That's right, right. your mama Jenny from the block. Okay, so a uh, lot to get to. We we just got confirmation. Bobby Burton's going to join us coming up inside Texas. We mentioned in the first hour he had the report about uh, maybe Gary Patterson considering some type of return to the Longhorn coaching staff. Training camp begins next week. We'll ask Bobby what uh, what he's hearing and what the latest is. Also, his thoughts on this Colorado move. But I've teased it a couple times, but let's get to it for the headlines. Buck, as far as co- comedic movies go, mm-hmm. 
comedic comedy movies, comedy films, 45 years ago today, this movie was released in, in theaters. Here we go. Give me a clip of that there, T.Y. Where are the other two? Stratton and Schoenstein? We looked everywhere, sir, but... Never mind. It doesn't matter. Have you gentlemen seen your midterm grades yet? Well, they're not posted yet, sir. I've seen them. Mr. Kroger, two C's, two D's, and an F. That's a 1.2 grade average. Congratulations, Kroger. You're at the top of the Delta Pledge class. Mr. Dorfman. Hello. 0.2. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Mr. Hoover, president of Delta House, 1.6, four C's and an F. A fine example you set, Daniel Simpson Day, has no grade point average. All courses incomplete. Mr. Blue... Mr. Blutowski, 0.0. .0. Now I want you to tell Mrs. Stratton and Mr. Schoenstein exactly what I'm about to tell you now. What's that, sir? You're out. Finished at Faber. Expelled. I want you off this campus at 9 o'clock Monday morning. And I'm sure you'll be happy to know that I have notified your local draft boards <laughs> and told them that you are now all, all eligible for military service. There you go. Animal House. Number Animal. one. Number that's, one for me. That's number one? That's always been number one. Number one would be Animal House, and then Friday, then Caddyshack, then Hangover, and then Coming to America. Well, you know, the, the debut of Caddyshack was 43 years ago, Just earlier there. this week. Yes, yes. So late July has been a, uh, a good, good place to drop great comedies in the past, and that's a pretty good one. Let's do one more. Let's do one more, because it's um, your number one all-time comedy, and of course, this one does feature... A little bit more from the, the great, late uh, John, Belushi. John Belushi. We're all officially kicked out of school. Wormer just got our grade. Wormer just grades. They kicked us out of school? <laughs> huh. That makes sense. Hey! What's this lying around? Well, what the hell was supposed to do, you moron? War's over, man. Wormer dropped the big one. What? Over? Did you say Over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. And it ain't over now. Because when the going gets tough... <laughs> the toughs get going! Who's with me? Let's go! Come on! Toga, toga, toga. All right, so there's the Lionel House. 45 years ago this day, July 28, it hit movie theaters. and uh, The Germans bombed Pearl Harbor. That's great. By the way, I did look yesterday to try to find some tickets to see that movie Oppenheimer this weekend. It is sold out everywhere. Like, literally sold out. Like, when was the last time a movie was? You have to wait a little bit. I know. Some it's for like well, weeks. Uh, that's we're going on a date, remember? I know you're. That's so why I was trying to find tickets. That's right. You've Got to find that date. You I even look, I mean, obviously, I looked at the IMAX. I knew that would be all sold out because it only has two showings each but day. But I, I, I have to see it in the IMAX. 
I know. I kind of do, too, but I want to see that's, it. That's what Monty said. I trust his opinion. Uh, me, too. I'm with Monty Williams, but uh, no doubt about that. But, yeah, sold out all across the uh, the area. So. Two of my favorites, Animal House and Caddyshack. Yeah, came out on uh, in the same week, two years apart. Mm-hmm. 143 years ago with Caddyshack, 145 years ago with uh, that classic right there. Um, what, 1978? Hit the uh, movie house. Yeah, well, one of them. Somebody's gonna have to go out. I mean, I lo- I really enjoyed Friday, but I-, I may have to throw Friday out for Blazing Saddles. I there's no way I can leave Blazing Saddles out of the top five comedies. Yeah, that's got to be there of all time for me. Well, you know what? Speaking of Animal House, I thought because when again, I put my cowboy stuff on, I look just like the sheriff. <laughs> the sheriff. <laughs> Excuse me, <laughs> but um, you know, sometimes we don't consider contemporary comedies because these are such no- so nostalgic and old school. Yes. But I thought, speaking of old school, I thought the movie Old School was hilarious. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I, I that's still, on my list. I think sure. it's it, 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 yeah, sure. obviously along the Animal House and Step mm-hmm. Brothers lineage with big, big uh, Will Ferrell guy, with uh, you know older guys starting their own fraternity sure. on a campus, and I mean the scenes. I mean, I think Old School, Wedding it, Crashers, Wedding Crashers, Old School, Wedding Crashers up there for sure. And I think the Hangover, the original Hangover. Uh, you know, last the, last the test of time for sure. I do too. Yeah, I put that in top five for me. Let's let's get to your headlines though. Trending topics. We're gonna talk to Bobby Burton too. Get his thoughts on this uh, Longhorn camp, which opens next week. Big Twelve moving and shaking. But first, the headlines. UBO Business Services brings it to you. Yeah, conference realignment. Uh, told you yesterday it was all but a formality, but it. And we were correct. The University of Colorado did vote unanimously to leave the Pac-12 and will rejoin the Big 12 next July. Schools Board of Regents formalized that yesterday. The move comes with full approval from the current Big 12 members and their TV partners to give Colorado a full share of the Big 12's media rights deal, which starts in 2024. That means $31.7 million in annual revenue. Schools Chancellor and Athletic Director both insisted yesterday, though, that money wasn't the only factor. Both emphasized the ability to get greater exposure by playing earlier time slots for their football games. Uh, and the move to the Big 12 will also provide new head coach Deion Sanders and his staff immediate recruiting advantages. In the NFL, early training camp injuries, the headlines, unfortunately. Cincinnati Bengals star Joe Burrow carted off the practice field after he came up hobbling after a scramble late in their afternoon workout yesterday. Uh, head coach Zach Taylor later said it was a calf injury. They will evaluate and have no more today. In Miami, meanwhile, Dolphins cornerback Jalen Ramsey suffered a left knee injury. He's going to have a surgery on his meniscus there. It's 68, eight, six to eight weeks, his recovery time. He will miss the start of the regular season, most likely. Dallas Cowboys, a couple of early injuries as well. Starting safety Donovan Wilson suffered a calf strain during the team's first practice on Wednesday. He will be out four weeks at least. Cowboys rookie tight end Luke Schoonmaker. Uh, Second-round pick out of Michigan is going to miss the first phase of training camp because of a, a foot injury. The head coach, Mike McCarthy, said predated his joining the Cowboys. They're hopeful he'll be back at some point while they're in Oxnard. Baseball, Astros and Rangers enjoyed the day off. First-place Rangers open a series in San Diego tonight. Second-place Houston will host Tampa this weekend in a big one in the American League. Uh, also, last night, Round Rock dropped another one in El Paso. Second straight night, they've lost in walk-off faction. 10-9 to the Chihuahuas in 10 innings. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. So they got to be happy in Boulder today. I think they are. Wow. Somebody said airplane is over Caddyshack. Yeah, I think airplane has to be on the mix. No doubt about that. Uh, Come on, Ty. Don't mention stepbrothers in the same breath as old school. I agree with that. Kidding me? I think old school's higher level. Higher level. Uh, please show some love for this is Spinal Tap. Were you a Spinal Tap guy? 
No. I wasn't either. All right, let's go into the uh, Coach's Corner. Drop into it. It's brought to you by Audiovisual Consultations. That's uh, Tom McKay and his great crew at AV uh, doing great, great work and have for a long time. Thanks for all their partnership over the over the years here on this show. But let's go to the uh, Vaqueros Hotline. Uh, he is uh, the, the – the, what's your title over at Inside Texas, Bobby? You're the publisher or, you know, executive, whatever. I, I just a co- I'm a columnist. Uh, these days, okay. I, I am a partner, but I'm a I'm a columnist primarily. These on days. three sports inside Texas, the great Bobby Burton with us here on uh, this Friday morning. Bobby, I, I was I, I hit you up on the text line because I was thinking you I read your story this morning about Gary Patterson that uh, you're hearing that some rumblings that maybe Gary is considering a return to the Longhorn coaching staff in some capacity. What uh, what's the latest? Yeah, he is, apparently. Uh, he's turned down some overtures elsewhere. He had an opportunity this offseason to go to Lincoln Riley and USC. He turned that down, um, and he is contemplating, it appears, a return to Texas. It's a kind of a, a interesting situation. He's got about a, three or four days here to make up his mind for Texas breaks for fall camp on August 2nd. Um, but uh, Patterson clearly had an uh, impact last year. On the Texas defense, they went from 50th uh, in the FEI rating for uh, effective defenses in uh, 2021 to up to 11 last year. A lot of that had to do with some coverage differences that they made in the secondary. Uh, And then also, I I just think that, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, in my opinion, guys, has been fairly open about, hey, if you can help, you can help. Come on in. I mean, guys like Paul Christ joining your staff, Joe DeCamillis is a former uh, like Paul Chris, former uh, Wisconsin head coach, Joe DeCamillis, uh, a former special teams NFL assistant. Uh, he's, he's adding guys that I think uh, add to the, to the coaching room from a high level. And obviously that's what uh, Gary Patterson does on defense. So it would be right up uh, Steve Sarkeesian's alley to, to add Gary Patterson once again in Austin. Yeah, I mean, to, Bobby, you think this, this is part of, of Gary – thinking this is a great opportunity with this team. I mean, he got a chance to see what it's like, and he understands how talented it could be. I mean, and maybe work his way back into a head coaching job, or is this just something that Kelsey says, get out of the house, get away from me? <laughs> this is this is just too much. You've been around here too long. I think it could be both, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think it could be both. Um, I will say this. Uh, you know, he, was, he had a good time from – talking to a couple friends close to him. He had a really good time in Austin this past fall. He enjoys Pete Kwiatkowski, Jeff Choke, Blake Gideon, Terry Joseph, Bo Davis. He enjoys that defensive staff. He just thinks they're a bunch of good guys, right? And, and, and Bucky, you know, you know this. I mean, some guys are just lifers, right? Yep. I mean, they, 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 this, they love the grind. They love the camaraderie in the, in the locker room. They, it's just what they're made for. And as I've explained it a couple different times, I just think this is the guy, I mean, he wants to, he doesn't want to leave a whistle. You know, he, he wants to stay as long as he can, enjoy it. Uh, he's got a great life. He's well ta- He's been well taken care of financially. He can do just about anything he wants to do. And he wants to go somewhere that, A, he's wanted, and B, that he thinks he can make a difference. And uh, I think that uh, he feels that way about the staff at Texas. Uh, and so I, I think that's where it's at. I think it's a little bit of both, maybe. 
Mm. Hey, Bobby. Bobby Burton is with us inside Texas on three sports. Uh, to, to Bucky's question, do you think from people you've talked to that, that Gary Patterson would like to lead a program again and get back to that? He's in his early 60s. Uh, he certainly has the resume and uh, what he showed last year. Do you think that there's a chance he, he finds his way back to a, to, a, to, a, to a top program? Yeah, absolutely I do. I mean, I think that's what he wants to do. I'm, he did it for 20 or so years. Uh, he put his, hat, his name in the hat at uh, Nebraska last year. They ended up going with Matt Rule. Uh, that would have been an interesting, uh, interesting fit because I think he could have reestablished, Texas, uh, reestablished Nebraska from a recruiting perspective in the state of Texas, which they've really lacked in the last, uh, decade, or last decade or so since they left uh, the Big 12 and has really hurt their program clearly. I uh, listened to Arizona State a little bit last year, I believe, uh, before they went with uh, Kenny Dillingham. Uh, but, yeah, I think that he wants to. I think the further he gets away from being in a position of authority, though, the harder that becomes, right? Um, once you're out, it's kind of hard to get back in. I will say, like, a, a program like Houston, if Dana Holgerson has a bad year, might be a good fit for him. Yep. Um, but I, I think that Oklahoma might be hard given that you have Jeff Trailer out there and maybe Joey McGuire who are on the up and up right now, whereas Gary Patterson might be seen as a short-term fix. So it, it just all depends on the fit, in my opinion. Uh, what do you make of Colorado's move? Obviously not a huge surprise. Brett Yormark and the Big 12 have been courting Colorado for a year now. Uh, and, of course, Colorado, like all the schools in the Pac-12, waiting on some type of media rights deal or proposal that they can vote on, but obviously it never came or hasn't come yet from George Klyavkov at the Pac-12. Doesn't seem like there's the money there to put a deal in front of them. So Colorado makes the jump. Uh, do you what? Give me your thoughts on Colorado back to the Big 12 and what it means for Deion Sanders in the Big 12. And then uh, do you, do you, do you, what do you think the next steps are for, for the Big 12? I, look, I think that it's a bright move for Colorado. Um, like, not, not unlike Nebraska, the minute they left the Big 12, they left their recruiting grounds, the real true recruiting grounds they had in Texas. Uh, back when they were recruiting Texas in the late 80s, early 90s, they had guys like Canavis McGee and Alfred Williams out of Houston. Andre Garode was a center for them that played 10-plus years, I think, in the NFL out of Houston. They lost all of that. Now, they, they've, had, they've recruited some in Texas since that time, but they didn't have that true presence. Uh, and Deion Sanders, obviously, I think, will help them in that regard and his uh, ability to recruit, especially in the, the air, in Dallas area. Uh, he's got a, a, a good name up there. But um, I think it's a good move. My, my question now is what happens next? Um, does the Big 12 reach out to uh, – or are they able to convince a Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, or even Washington and Oregon? Uh, to jump aboard, or do they have to go to teams like Memphis, UConn, something like that to add to the to add to the conference next? I, and I don't know the answer. Um, I think that those answers kind of lie in uh, the uh, ivory towers of Arizona and Utah and those types of places. I I feel like it was a good move for Colorado, and I think it was a great move for the, the Big Twelve as well. Bobby, uh, for for a team like I mean, I know. Coach Trailer is going to be the next big thing, period. I mean, I just think he is, and the things he's doing down at UTSA. While the Big 12's grabbing teams from the Pac-12, I mean, the coach himself is fantastic. The team has been fantastic. Is that not a desirable Big 12 
school right here still in the state of Texas, or does it just not have enough flair to it, enough population, enough people that put in the stands? I I Buck, you went in and out there. I'm sorry about that. Can now, you I mean, is, is, coach, is, is Coach Trailer not just himself as a as a fantastic young coach, but a coach that, that, that with his team like UTSA, we're looking for teams in the Pac-12. Is a team like UTSA who's been winning? Is it just not enough? They don't bring enough eyeballs because the coach does because well, he can coach. Oh, interesting. Um, so you're saying maybe them go to the Pac-12? Oh no, maybe like them that. come to the to the Big Twelve. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think fandom, and I don't think okay. that, look. I don't think I don't think that uh, Baylor, Texas Tech, and Houston would want that at this point, or, or TCU. They kind of have. They feel like they're they're going to be the second group in the state of Texas behind Texas and Texas A&M, and they feel like that's solidified now. Um, the the Pac-12 actually might make some sense depending on what that conference ends up looking like. Right. Uh, just so they have a foothold in, in Texas, along with maybe an SMU. Um, but but he's, he's not staying, Bobby. He's not staying there. That, that's not the long haul for him. I know he's got a great contract. He's been winning, but he's the next big thing. He's going to move on out of there. He's not sticking around there much longer, I can't right, believe. Right. I don't think so either, but at the same time, he's got a great contract. He did – I mean, he got approached by the Nebraskas and the Arizona States. Now, I mean, this wasn't – I mean, he didn't sit – he, he, it wasn't that he couldn't have gone after those jobs. He didn't go after those jobs. Right. Right. And so I think he thinks the state of Texas is where he needs to be and where he wants to be. So if a A&M or Texas ever comes available, possibly a University of Houston for him as well, if those jobs come available, that's when I think – Bobby, we were, we were breaking up a little bit, but uh, great stuff as always. Love reading your stuff at Inside Texas and on Three Shorts and uh, appreciate all the conversations over the years. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Bobby. Aaron, Bucky, y'all, y'all take care. Have a good one, man. There's Bobby Burton. Hey, UTSA is uh, just not enough flash there, is it? No, it's such a new program. I, I know, I know what you're saying. It's just I think there would be other schools. And it doesn't expand the footprint. That's the number one thing I think sure. Bobby's saying. That if you're the Big 12, you already – you're not going to have the University of Texas, but you're already going to own Texas with the, the four schools that are in this. If you're going to expand, you're going to to expand the greater footprint. Yeah, of he's the not going to be conference. around there very long. No. Well, I, th- I really think he's waiting on the A&M job. I really do. I mean, he's an East Texas guy. I mean, you know, Gilmer uh, in high school and, um, you know, this guy, if Jimbo Fisher doesn't get it done, and I know, I, I mean, the fact that we're talking about this and more and more people are talking about this, maybe Aggie fans come to the idea that this is the next big thing. Don't miss the train on this guy. If Jimbo uh-huh. and look, Jimbo Fisher thinks they're going to have a great year down at A and M this year. They, you know, they've got a, a five-star quarterback who's ready to go. Um, you know, they've got their entire returning offensive line, best receiver core maybe in the in the SEC this year. Uh, five-star running back to hand it to, and a, and what they hope is an improved defense under DJ Durkin. So. You know they they might they need to be better, but if things go go off the rails again like they did last year, Jimbo Fisher's going to be done. And if Jimbo Fisher's done, Jeff Trailer is going to be a big name. And don't think Gary Patterson wouldn't want to put his name in oh, that hat. Are you kidding me? For sure. Um, you know, but you know, and the other name you'll hear is, is Urban Meyer. I mean, if A and M moves, they're not going to then. And that's where you know, would you take the young coach like Jeff Trailer, who's making his way and knows this state like the back of his hand and knows every high school coach in it? Or would you take 
you know, go after Urban Meyer, the big fish, who's been to several spots, but is a known commodity and proven winning coach, but comes with a lot of baggage. That's going to be the discussion. But again, A and M first things first. They feel like they can. Sure, they're going to be better this year. Yeah, we'll he's and as, and as Bobby said, they're better off if they had a chance to go them being part of the Pac-12 going that way. Oh, UTSA. Yeah. Well, that that would see that would expand the Pac-12's footprint. That that's what the Pac-12 should have been doing years ago. Right. To to get themselves into the Central Time Zone, get themselves into the into the you know spread their their, their reach mm-hmm. out of the West Coast Time Zone and out of uh, you know a, a a land you know one time zone conference. Uh, that's a big problem for them right now when it comes to media right negotiations. Uh, so there's Bobby with the insight. Thanks, Gary Patterson is considering it. And as he said, you know, the clock's just ticking. It's coach time. I remember, remember when Todd Dodge, who coached uh, Ty over there at Westlake while he was there, you know, Todd Dodge is a lifer as a coach, right? I saw him at an event, that, you know, the, the summer that, that he retired. And he said, you know what? I booked a – my wife and I are going to take an RV – and right in August, as it starts, we're going to go RVing through the just west. Got to get away, get out. He said, of there. "I just know if I'm around. Oh yeah, I can't. I'll, I'll just, I'll be wanting to go hang out at practice and uh, just be around it. I, I, I'm intentionally getting away. I'm just not going to be here in August, and then I'll come back and go to some games when, when the season starts. Oh yeah. But you know, I'm sure that was not easy for you when you got out oh, of coaching, no. and it was. And I'm for Gary Patterson. This is what he does, and you know what? It's time to go to camp. It's time to go to camp. And, you know, I had a good time at Texas. And I think Bobby laid it out perfectly that he, he put his name in the hat for some jobs. You know, he's not going to take any guy, just any job right now, Gary Patterson. Oh, no, he's not going to build a program. He's, he's been through all that. Uh, you know, he would, but it's got to be the right program. Got to be right. And the oh, fact like that, in Nebraska the, or something like that. Florida at Nebraska. He'd, yeah. You know, he'd be in on a U of H next year if Dana Holgerson's out. But at this point, he's comfortable here. His li- wife loves Austin. He loves that, co- you know, that defensive staff, as he said, he's tight with. And you know he still wants to stay around the game, and I. And he, but guess what? He didn't have to be around the team all through the spring and through the summer. He got some time away. Uh, you know, if you if you follow Gary on Twitter's and the Instagrams, he he took some vacations and you know got away from it. But it's that time of year, so we'll see if Gary Patterson does rejoin, which can only be a benefit. Oh, to the for long sure. Ones, with the uh, the especially the, this year, the analysts they already have, and his familiarity with that coaching staff and that that team. Uh, for a second year. So we'll follow that story. Longhorns go to camp on August the 2nd and begin training camp. Steve Sarkeesian will actually have a news conference on Monday uh, to preview camp, and obviously we'll have full coverage of that as well here on the Horn. Coming back, we'll pick up these conversations. Your thoughts on what the Big 12's next move should be. Can the Pac-12 survive? And where do you rank Animal House on your ranking of all-time great comedies? It was released 45 years ago this day, uh, July 28, 1978. It's being on the Horn. Roll another. Yeah. It's Bucky and Aaron. Yeah, Afro Man 49 today. That's the. Uh... I was gonna clean my room until <laughs> I got high. Tyson, Ty, you said you picked him up at the airport at one point. Yeah, well, yeah I, I saw him at Fiji and uh, saw him at Fiji in college. He was a, he was a good guy. A Afro of, man, a lot of good man. at that place. Just forty nine. How many times when he played at the Fiji house did he sing this song? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I don't For remember. obvious reasons, that's one of those you would sing over and over again. It's the anthem. Hey, so uh, as you heard at the top of the hour, if you're with us, uh, the Buck has announced today will be his final show, and uh, I will be back on Monday and Tuesday of next week, but uh, you will not, but uh, so this will become an emotional 
conversation this morning, but uh, uh, say goodbye to the Buck. And the uh, decision has been made that you will not be back on Monday or Tuesday of next week. Those yes, will be sir. the final two days of the horn as we know it. Um, and as we announced earlier in the week, uh, I'm going to be back beyond that, but uh, in a new role in a new capacity. But uh, it's been it's been a blast, my friend. Yes, it has. And uh, thank you to all. I appreciate all the all the love. Absolutely. No question. Uh, okay, so uh, talking to Bobby Burton, Gary Patterson, maybe pondering a return, um, and we'll see if that develops. Also yesterday, University of Texas hosted their annual pool party, the Texas Bash, uh, over there on the 40 Acres. That's when they bring in a lot of the recruits for that are currently committed to Texas, but also class of 25, 26 type players and show them how the program operates and get behind the scenes. Then they have a little bit of a pool party and uh, barbecue and whatnot, I'm, I'm assuming Casey Stutter was a part of cooking for that event. Oh, he typically yeah. is, uh, but they had some of the big names in, um, and that, that that's always a smart move, Buck. I think to bring in kids who are currently committed to you, that planning to be Longhorns when you're trying to lure others, and they can mingle and hey, why'd you pick Texas, and what do you like about Texas, and those kind of things. Uh, but how about you'll like this? Do you see who who was on campus? In addition to Jordan Washington, a tight end from uh, Houston Langham Creek. Uh, Nate Kibble, an offensive lineman from Atascocita High, he also he is already committed to Texas, as is Jordan Washington. Uh, Daniel Cruz, the offensive lineman from North Richland Hills, he's also already a Longhorn commitment for 2024. As is Trey Owens, who's the quarterback from Houston Sci Fair, up in the Cypress area. He was there yesterday, and then the ones that they're trying to get for 2025, including a legacy that I know you're going to know and I know, Landon Rink. Landon Rink is the son of Shane, Shane Rink. Shane Rink's son? You remember Shane? Of oh, course. my goodness, do I ever. Yeah, Shane was a buddy of mine through high school and uh, through college while he was playing at Texas. And uh, his son, Landon, is on that really talented Cy Fair team that is quarterbacked by Trey Owens. Uh, and, and actually, Shane uh, is a coach there. He's a coach at Cy Fair right now on the defense. They let him staff. get that close to the kids, huh? <laughs> if you knew Shane in high school and oh, into college, boy. you wouldn't have believed that. But Shane no. is a good dude. Got a great family down there. And uh, his his son was here, so yeah, Landon, and he's a he's a big time defensive tackle prospect, just like his dad was. Um, I always say when I was in high school, Dan Neal, who was a year behind Shane and I, he was the off, the best offensive lineman, obviously. And then on the defensive line was Shane and Sam Adams, who of course went to A and M and won the Lombardi Award and played twelve or fifteen years in the NFL. Those pregame meals look like in high school. We had a pretty wow. good D line. We had a pretty good team. And Shane and Dan Neal would actually line up on the defensive side sometimes and just totally harass people. Um take those know. knees out. I mean we we were hard to beat. I don't know how we didn't win the whole thing, but uh, either way, uh that's the way that goes. But uh, a lot of text coming in and obviously uh, we can't respond to all of them, but I know it's when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Going to be uh, be tough moving forward, but um, but forward keep, we must move on. Before we must move on, and as I will say to all of you, you are why we show up every morning and do a show. It really Absolutely. is. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's it's as I've said all along through this process. It's more than a job. It's the career I wanted to be in when I began, um, come out of college and even into college, and the fact that I've got to uh, work with you, Buck, for twenty four years and 
you know, chemistry is hard to find in a relationship and in a, you know, in any employment endeavor. And uh, you and I had great chemistry on the air from the very beginning. Well, and, as, uh, as, as uh, Colonel Flowers, the former Colonel Flowers would say, you know, you don't just get respect. You have to earn respect. And I think we've worked hard enough to earn the respect of the people that listen to this show. It's been it's been really, really a, an awful lot of fun. More for me, fun and the stability of having you around to, to make sure that I'm kept in, in a certain pattern, not to go off too far off the direction. But And Ty, you will continue to learn from, the, from all these things that uh, E uh, has to offer you. So take advantage of them. Believe me, take advantage of them. Hard, it's hard not. It's hard not to do, as he said. This is what he grew up to do. Well, or what I wanted to do and grow into. But yeah. uh, you know, I will say that uh, it was a dream. And then when I hooked up with you at the Zone back in the in the late '90s, is when it really became a reality. I was in radio at the time, but trying to make my way, kind of like Ty is now, and met you, and bang, the show took off. And next thing you know, we're in the. Oh, morning. you had all those old dudes down in Houston area that you listened to. Well, I grew up listening to sports radio. There's no yeah. doubt about that. And I remember telling my parents. Early on, I mean, this is the 80s, back when I'm listening to Motley yeah. Crue. I mean, that's, but my parents, well, God bless them, they didn't, there was no sports radio. I mean, there were, there were news talk stations that would do a sports show. Um, Just AM, correct? Yeah, only on AM. And so I'm, I'm the, the weird kid listening to Motley Crue, but also, and what I really fell in love with immediately was watching a game and then listening, they would do the post-game call-in show. Oh, and yeah. I was, I loved that. I don't know what, it was just the immediate reaction um, you know, and I never ever one time called a post game call in show, but I listened to them, whether it was the Astros or the Rockets. And, you know, the 80s, the Rockets were real good. They made a couple runs in the NBA Finals and had Akeem Olajuwon and that group. And the uh, Oilers were terrible through the 80s, so not as much. But then they got better as I got older into high school in the Warren Moon years. Uh, but yeah, that was my. I can imagine sitting by the radio after those games, after those games and just listening. Well, y'all are the reason that I wanted to be in the radio because I grew up listening to y'all. And among others, but I always in the mornings and that, and when y'all were in the afternoons, listen. So, well, thank it's you. A very Ty. sad day for me as well. Me too. See, see you go, Buck. Well, this is suggestion. Do a podcast. Well, I would love to do a podcast with the Buck at some point uh, as he plans his future and what it's going to be. That would be, and I know it would be really well listened to and uh, well liked and be a quality product. So, hopefully, that's something that can happen down the road. But uh, not the end. Uh, just a new beginning, I guess, is the way I would put that. And um, not a goodbye. I'll see you later. Well, like, I mean, look, fate, as fate would have it, Buck, everything everything happens for a reason. Yep. And, you know, as someone who wanted to get into sports radio, who – how about this, Buck? I was always committed to go – I wasn't playing sports, but I was committed to go play I – was, I, I, I was going to go to Stephen F. Austin to go to college coming out of high school. A lot of my buddies were going up there in Nacogdoches. And it was my mom who – I didn't even apply to St. Edwards. My mom did because my brother was already here, and she was hopeful that maybe we'd come up and we'd, I'd come up here. And, you know, for whatever reason, late in the, late in the, uh, the decision-making process, I was like, you know what, I'm going to St. Ed's. I don't want to go off to Stephen F. I don't want to go because as it got closer and closer, more and more of my high school friends were making that decision. I was like, I don't want to go up there and just hang out with all my old high school buddies. It'll be like high school all over again. I like all those people a lot, but let's start. Let's go. And the only person I knew in Austin at the time was my brother. Did he go to St. Edward's? No, uh-huh. uh-huh. he was two years ahead of me, and he was already here. And so I was like, all right, well, Rick's here. I'll come up here and uh, we'll think about the, the fate of that decision, Buck, is that while here, the Dallas Cowboys decided they wanted to have their training camp That's at right. St. Edwards University. And as someone who wanted to get into sports radio, perfect. and there really wasn't a sports radio industry at the time, 
uh, that, that you could just, you know, come out of college and dive into. There weren't, you know, it was just forming. Well, that's where I got to, uh, you know, cover Cowboys camp and see the ticket come to town in the middle 90s and see the radio stations, WK, you know, KRLD and all the radio stations would come to Austin and set up in the RCC right. and do their shows. And so I got to sit there and watch that and then learn from them of how you do that. And as someone who was aspiring to be like them, that was a huge um, direct, you know, course correction for me. Like, okay, that that's how they do that. Get to know those people. And then, of course, that led to, you know, right out of, out of college, I got, got a lucky break. But really, the turning point for me was meeting you and, uh, uh, you know, be building a, a, a hit show, which is not, you know, that also was fateful. So thank you, my friend. Well, I mean, did there's you, a, lot of, a lot of people that would say they started me. Ed Clemens, of course. You know, the great Ed Clemens would say he's the guy who started me in it with me doing on Monday nights when John McAbee did not want to do, you know, the, the after show, after University of Texas football games. He said, would you do this? And I would go on with Ed Clemens for about 30 seconds because Ed would say, okay, Buck, we'll see you next week. Like, Ed, I didn't get to tell you that much about it. Oh, all right, don't, don't worry about it. We'll talk about it again next week. Did you have any aspirations to do radio? Not, not yeah, really. Just, you just I mean, it just coaching from, and then got an opportunity and took it. Well, yeah, I mean, like Lee Hudson and and E and of course listening to Craig Way being around, you know, over at the university from doing Craig Way. But I never thought that this would. It just, it just Did was somebody approached you. Yeah, it was. It was a way to communicate. To, to well, people remember, you left there. coaching and then went into being in, in the agent business. The dirty business. The dirty, and that lasted a year, year or so. And I was like, "No way! This is too. This is nasty. This is really for real nasty." And you thought recruiting was oh, seedy, uh, but that business wasn't for you. So you came back to Austin. Your family, of course, was here at the time. All your kids and uh, ex-wife, and so you. It was Lisa Hudson, I believe, our current yes. market manager, who knew you from the old KLBJ days when you were doing that with Ed Clements, and yep. gave you the opportunity. But again. Like you were doing, a, you started with like I think a night show, and then you st- they put you in in the afternoon, and that's where I came in to do the the, the zone updates. I think John Madani was at was a program director at one no, time. No, was Chuck Meyer. It was Chuck? It was Chuck. Monkey over there. Chuck. Monkey Chuck hired me, and uh, brought me in, and you had already started doing that afternoon deal, and that's that was it was the it was about this time. It was August of '99, mm-hmm. uh, Mac Brown's second year at Texas when we first started to uh, crack a mic together, and that you know was led- that Buck on Sports. It was the Buck on Sports. That's exactly right. It was called the Buck on Sports. That was the name of the show, and um, it was. And then E was there, you know, doing his thing. And then, uh, gosh, that led from as we said, it was a one-hour show, and we were only there to do. We were the buffer, like we were carrying the Jim Rome show at the time. Uh, Learned a lot from that dude too. Jim I loved Rome? the way. He, yeah, yeah, I loved the way he interviewed. I mean, it, it, it wore you out a b- little bit, but it the way he interviewed. I mean, he. I thought he was a great yeah, guy. Jim, to Jim's going to wear on you, but he's he's a very talented radio. Yes, he is absolutely, and still doing it. And my favorite, of course, Larry King. So Jim Rome would would, would end at two, and then the afternoon stars at the time at the Zone were were Craig Way and Bill Shoney. Mm-hmm. We the the previous voice of the Longhorns and the current voice of the Longhorns were doing a show, but they didn't want to start their show at two o'clock, so they needed a they, we needed a buffer. They needed some filler. <laughs> they had a buffer. <laughs> they needed some a filler. filler to get from two to three because they were slugs. they were happy to go three to seven, but they didn't want to go. You know, two to seven. So we did that hour, but it took off. And next thing you know, we were two to four, and then they were two to five. And and Craig and, J- and Craig and Bill were getting mad at us. And then they threw us in the morning. Said, "Why don't you guys do the morning show?" And that was it. Love the mornings. Love the mornings. And that is true too, because uh, I've always been a, a more of a morning person than afternoon, as far as 
getting up, being ready. I'm definitely a morning person now. Wasn't before. <laughs> I, people ask me that all the time, and I'm sure. But you're up early. You're, you'll be up early regardless of what Yeah, you it do. won't matter. Uh, me too, though. I like to get up and get going and, uh, uh, you know, get, get, get the day rolling, But the, which is so it's fit both of us. But at the same time, people ask, do you get used to it? And I'm like, no. You, you, I've told Ty this. You really never get used to getting up at, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning. You know, you especially over day after day after day, you're, you're now if you could do that under the weekends where you get up at four o'clock in the morning too, which is you do, you do your body just gets. I you do up. one day essentially for Saturday shows. Yeah, it just it's just the way it is with your body. The tough thing will be how do you now stay? How do you stay in bed past three hey, thirty? I went to Deep Eddie last night and I was home by ten forty five. You'll be proud of me. Thank you, sir. Would you just grab a pizza and come back? Yeah, Good job. Just, just hanging out. This says. Uh, Remember when you guys used to take calls and arguing with the oh. buck was the best? Yeah, we did. Taking calls. Taking calls. That, that was eliminated at some point. But uh, it's been a fun run. We'll talk about it throughout the course of the morning, and obviously uh, we'll get you keep you posted on the I'm details. E- and I'm excited to get in. I only know I have some days left in the second week of August, but 23 years of sobriety. And that's because, well, I mean, as I said, my, my friends, the Texas Cheaters, you, uh, and this audience – I mean, kept me well in line of keeping my sobriety, which was so. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the the main things in my life because if I can't keep that, I can't do anything else. I'm no good. I, I won't. I wouldn't function again. So well, no such thing as a former addict, right? Um, no. Once you are, you are, and it's a daily grind. Absolutely. And, uh, you know that all too well. And yeah, I think the stability of this show and the stability Absolutely. of these listeners and that uh, and you know the structure it creates for your day and then go and play golf with the texas cheaters uh no doubt about it man it's been a heck of a run we'll come back we'll pick up the hot or not topics things we've missed halfway through this uh historic edition of b e coming back what's hot and what's not what's hot what's not is brought to you by texas orthopedics the largest independent orthopedic practice in central texas visit us at txortho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment hot not being a with you as we uh roll forward things we've missed halfway through this show it's already been a pretty busy one and uh News made. We'll continue to reset that conversation with you throughout the course of the morning. Uh, but hot, not not hot. Joe Burrow, another training camp injury. This guy is always hurt this time of year. He's one of the best players in all of football. Probably the second best quarterback in the league right now, behind Patrick Mahomes. But um, he has a calf injury as he hobbled off and then was carted off uh, back to the locker room yesterday and during their late afternoon practice in Cincinnati. Uh, we'll see what the the level is. Obviously, the immediate thought was maybe an Achilles of some kind, but they say calf injury. Uh, we'll find the magnitude of that, I would imagine, at some point today. But, uh, you know, Buck, he had the appendectomy last year that knocked him out of training camp. That was on the fir- right after yep. the first practice. He went and had an a- a mm-hmm. emergency appendectomy, and uh, he wasn't right into the first part of the regular season, if you remember. Yeah, when he came back with his bad knee, they didn't play him. You know, they let him play a couple plays, and that was it. He doesn't. He, that guy works pretty well without training camp. So far, but I don't know this calf deal. You know, as Ty said, you don't know where this goes. I mean, is this Achilles tear, possibly? But they're calling it a calf injury. But they're they're talking about some time though, yeah, which I of course, heard, which of course you got to. I mean, I've been digging in. I haven't seen anything as far as a timeline. Just everything I see is further evaluated and MRIs and things of that nature. But uh, obviously, they'll they'll be all right if he can get back. I mean, he's still got six, you know, five or six weeks before the season's going to begin. 
But as you said, their their early schedule is difficult. Uh, it's not oh an easy goodness. schedule. Uh, they play some com- big conference or division games to start, and um, you know, so we'll see where this goes. But uh, not hot. Also on the hot or not side, how about uh, Sean Payton? Payton, I mean, the new coach wow. of the Denver Broncos. He's coming out surly, taking shots at Nat Nathaniel Hackett, the previous coach in Denver, uh, taking shots at the Jets. Um, you know, he is. Uh, he called what what he walked into. The previous year, one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL, the history of the NFL, and I I think a lot of it was you better be able to fix Russell Wilson first, coach. Well, that's I think that's what he's trying to do is prop up Russell Wilson and let people know, hey, this wasn't all about Russell. This whole thing was dysfunctional. This place was a mess. Uh, they had no clue what they were doing, and so don't don't just give up on Russell. He didn't just completely regress. He's still a good player, uh, but we'll let you hear some of what uh, Peyton Manning or Peyton Manning Peyton. Uh, now they Sean play, and, and they also play yesterday. the Jets in like week five or six too. They do. That's going to be, it's going to be all in. And he he took shots at the Jets, and of course Nathaniel Hackett's now there. And yeah, he so, took direct shots at the Jets, saying this is all a gimmick. You know, doing what they're doing. They're just trying to be preseason heroes or whatever, and all this stuff with Aaron Rodgers. And now they got to play him. Wow. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> Have you all ever seen the video of Sean Payton ripping a bong with like sixteen year olds? Where would you see that? I'll send it to you. You it's have totally, that? Yeah, it's on. Tw- it's it's on Twitter. But it's I think it's from a few years ago. But it's all it's clearly like one of the son's friends taking a video. It I, I'll I'll send it to you. It's hilarious. Well, he uh, he's trying to bring some what he would call a a winning approach back to Denver, which they you know he says they lost their way last year. And look, I mean, I'm not sure why Sean Payton is going this scorched earth towards the Jets and Nathaniel Hackett, and we'll read his comments coming up. But he, you know, he's a proven coach, and you know what you if you watch the Broncos last year, and gosh, they were on primetime so many times it was hard not to. They were one of the worst coached teams you've ever seen. I mean, they really were. What he's saying, we all watched. Yeah, they and, couldn't even get out of the huddle that time. Yeah, they couldn't get out of the huddle. They, and as he pointed out, they had more pre-snap penalties than any team in football last year, on both sides of the ball. Uh, and you know, they they just. Yeah, and Sean Payton talked about the things they allowed to go on. Remember, we had Russell Wilson with his own office separate yep. from the locker room, and uh, you know, so we're going to fix all that. But Sean Payton is coming in, coming in heavy, coming in hard. I think a part of it is to, you know, prop up the confidence of his team and his quarterback. That hey, you you got you got the right coaching staff now. This wasn't all about you. Uh, this thing was dysfunctional. Remember, they were having fights on the sidelines with linemen and quarterbacks and. That was a mess of a football team. But we'll see. Is Sean Payton the right fix? If he is, that's still a pretty talented team. That Russell Wilson well, is still nice a pretty talented quarterback. Right. And you're obviously in a division that includes, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, so you better be pretty good. But um we'll see. Sean Payton. I just don't I don't coaches taking shot at coaches is kind of Yeah. That's, that's there's a why. There's a protect your own conversation that goes on there. Yeah, that, I don't uh, understand that one right there. And and you might say it to your other coaching buddies, right? You might call your coaching oh, guys yeah. on your that's text another chain one of those first say, tee, you, That's at the tee box yeah, deal. You, you can't imagine just how messed what a mess this place was. But not often do they do it. No, publicly. And uh, and you got to play them. Wow. All right, we'll we'll get back into that. Ty, what do you have? What have you missed? Well, what have we missed through this first half of the show? Um, are y'all? Do y'all call iced tea ice tea or iced tea? Ice, Ooh. just ice. I mean, you're talking about the wrapper or the no, like beverage? The, drink. the beverage, iced tea, just iced tea. I had to think about it. I think iced tea That's what I said. I think I call it iced tea. Well, 49% iced? of people say it's iced 
tea. Really? 20% say iced tea. And 27% say both is all right. I think both is acceptable. Both are, I don't think there's work. one that has to be. Are, but you, I, are you a sweet tea or unsweet? I'm a sweet tea. Unsweet for me. I don't drink tea of any kind, actually. I like hot tea on a cold day. Is iced tea the same tea that's hot? Uh, um, or is it just a di- completely different kind of tea? I think it's the same hot. It's just cooled down. I mean, outside of my... Like English, like the tea they drink in England? Oh, yeah. High tea. High tea. It's iced. Yeah. The queen never drank that. She drank bourbon. <laughs> I don't martinis. Know, she yeah, she had martinis. She never messed around with tea. The queen. All right, let us know, because I know there are some ice, iced tea connoisseurs out there who mm-hmm. love their tea when they go get their barbecue, sweet or unsweet. Let us know on that. You guys know more than we do. Most things, anyway, but certainly on the, the tea side of things. We'll be back uh, halfway through a Friday edition, getting you into your weekend. It will be Bucky's last show, as he's announced earlier, so we'll continue to uh, have those conversations and say goodbye to what's been one heck of a run. It's B&E on the Horn.